I'm so glad you're with us here on The Clark Howard Show, where you're empowered with knowledge so you can save more and spend less. And don't let anyone ever rip you off. You can follow me at facebook.com slash Clark Howard. And coming up in just a few minutes, I have some brand new data on the Equifax breach that makes the breach even more of a danger to most American adults for the rest of your life. I'm going to fill you in on how the numbers all add up in your life. And later yet, I want to talk about a new strategy in order to thwart neighborhood crime. And it's a really simple idea that seems like it is something ready for prime time, but has a creep-out factor to it as well. So I want to talk about something that I addressed recently in one of my Back to Basics episodes, if you've been listening to those, and this was the one about car buying. And there was a move just adopted by the U.S. Congress that allows car dealers unlimited ability to mark up car loans as high as they possibly wish. It's a practice that most car buyers are not aware of, but it's something you need to be fully cognizant of when you go to buy a vehicle. Roughly, uh, from what I've seen, 8 out of 10 car buyers finance a car they're buying at the dealer instead of doing it the right way, going to a credit union, or the mediocre way, going to a bank to get pre-approved for a car loan. So historically, a car dealer, somebody comes in just excited about a car, new car, used car fever, and they sit down with the person in the finance department and say, oh, wow, oh, we looked through your credit. Oh, wow, this is going to be uh, really hard work here. I'm really going to need to see what I can do to get this loan done. I want to I want to get you in this car and just let's see what I can make happen. And then they'll say, oh, I can't believe it. I was able to secure this loan for you at 14.6%. I never thought I'd be able to do that. And it's a complete psych-out job many times because you may have had nothing wrong with your credit at all. They may have wholesaled the money at 3%, marked it up another 11 and a half points, and you're paying that none the wiser. That's why if you're a member of a credit union, you probably get routine solicitations saying, hey, you have a car loan. You should see if we could refi at a lower rate. And this is something that most people have no idea that a car dealer, they're doing a service. You know, you didn't want to go arrange financing in advance, and they're making a profit on that loan. And so they will then mark it up as much as either that lender permits a markup, which could be two to six points, or if they think they could really... They've really done a good job psyching you out, and they think they can mark it up a whole, mo- a whole much more. They could mark it up 8, 10, 15 points higher in interest points than what you actually could qualify for and what they wholesaled the money at. Now, the action by the Congress was about having oversight 
of car dealers discriminating against women and minorities on car loans. But the net effect of the action by the Congress is that it allows car dealers and the lenders that lend to them full latitude to mark up loans whenever and however they wish. Now, this thing didn't come out of a vacuum. And most especially for women and minorities, historically, car dealers have charged higher interest rates on car loans that they do to women and minorities. So you have a bullseye on you if you are either a woman or a minority going to get a car loan. Do not, under any circumstances, ever, not ever, go to a car dealer and buy a vehicle with financing arranged by that dealer if you haven't shopped your own loan first with preferably a credit union, but again, it's mediocre choice with a bank. Credit unions write car loans generally at about two points lower than a bank, and the bank in turn writes loans significantly cheaper than the typical car dealer. So I've got a guide, the Clark Smart way to buy a new car, plus the audio you can uh, see and listen to at Clark.com, and just know that based on the action of the Congress, it is open season, it is hunting season for your wallet now, 364 days a year because car dealers generally are closed on Christmas. So it is open season on you every other day of the year but Christmas. And let me tell you, they're not wrapping up gifts for you on those loans the other days of the year. If you do your shopping in advance, you get pre-approved and the car dealer matches it or beats your loan rate because they want the business, then fine. Don't be a sitting duck. Don't go in without having shopped for that loan first, or your wallet is going to hate you. Robert is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Robert. Hi, good to talk to you, Clark. Well, great to have you here, Robert. And you have a family dilemma to share with me, I gather. Well, I don't, it's not a dilemma, but it's a question. I'm wondering how I would know that my son can handle an inheritance sometime, someday. I became a dad in middle age. I'm 63 and my son is 17 and I'm revising my will and probably a trust. Uh, He's taken a personal finance class in high school. Uh, But how can I prepare him or how would I know he's ready to handle this money and not just say, hey, you need a new car? Let me buy you a new car, friend, something like that. Yeah, it's, it is a hard one, and people mature at different rates in every part of their lives, you know, how they handle money, how they handle relationships, how they show good judgment. And adolescence now stretches far beyond where it used to. And so you could have someone who is, incredibly responsible at age 20 and someone else who's not there yet at age 30. Right. So a very common practice now is that when you are setting up a will that you have what's known as a testamentary trust in it, which is where if you have a minor child like you do with a 17-year-old, is that if 
you were to pass away before your child's uh, in the late 20s, generally these are done at 27, 28, or 30, that uh, if your child were, were to be in a position to inherit from you, and let's hope you have long life and we're never, never needing to worry about this, that a trustee would be the one responsible for making the decisions until your son reached whatever age you were comfortable with. I mean, some people mm-hmm. do age 35. And mm-hmm. at 17, you should be able to have a good sense about what that age would be that you would feel comfortable that your teenage son would really handle the money responsibly as a young adult. Right. So you, that's really a completely variable thing because you wouldn't want even someone who has uh, reached the age of adulthood technically which is, depending on the state, 18 or 21 in terms of finance, you wouldn't want them to have a pile of money before they had the maturity or wisdom to handle it. And that's why you put the idea of a trust and who you would want the trustee or trustees to be and that cutoff age where the money is available. Do you have a sense what age you would rest easy at? To be honest, I thought about giving them a third relatively quickly and a third later and a third at 30 or 35. uh, And people do that. That's a a graduated trust kind of situation. And Mm -hmm. what I would say is, are you talking about, are you in a position of good fortune at 63 that there is a substantial amount of money that we're talking about for your 17-year-old? I believe so, yeah. So I would say you you already have formulated in your mind how you'd like to go with this. So you want a lawyer who all he or she does is wills, estates, and trusts. Yep. And would design it for that purpose. Yep. I have an appointment later this month with one. All right. One other thing I wanted to tell you is the idea of graduated trusts. Uh, that may not be the proper legal term for it, but where based on your son achieving certain milestones and how he lives his life, that mm-hmm. money becomes available based on the milestones being achieved, not necessarily in age. And, and what kind of milestones are we talking about? Uh, people do education. They do, um, they do uh, career. They're, you know, if somebody just runs off and they're traveling the world, then that would be, they would not have achieved one of the potential milestones. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's something oh. that people who are worried about their kids having affluenza, mm-hmm. familiar with the disease of affluenza, mm-hmm. that they set up these graduated trusts. So mm-hmm. I, I hope I've given you some ideas to run by the lawyer. You have. I appreciate it. All right. And best of luck to you, especially with living a long time that none of this comes into play. Cheryl is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Cheryl. Hi. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. Thank you. So you got a Groupon uh, question for me. I do. I, we saw an online um, vacation package that just seemed too good to be true price-wise, and I thought maybe you'd gotten some feedback from other people how reliable those vacation packages are. 
So people are mixed in their reaction to the Groupon travel offers. And what Groupon is doing is to become a big play for them is they're selling off especially a lot of packages, a lot of resort kind of things, uh, both here in the United States and overseas, a lot of all-inclusive trips. And the advice that I've been giving about this is that you have to independently first verify that the resort or hotel or features, the tour operator, that they're ones that people are happy with. And it's pretty easy if you go on TripAdvisor, dig deep into reviews, and see what people are saying. It, then, it looks like you have to pay for it before you can find out what it is, though. Or am I just not getting through depend, it depends on the Depends on the offer, how much information you get up front. Like, I'm looking right now. I just pulled it up. And most of what I'm seeing gives me the information I'm going to need. And others look like they're very, very uh, hidden behind a wall. And I would be careful doing one that doesn't disclose who you're staying with, who the tour operator is, that kind of thing. Okay. Um, But but if you verify, that's only step one. Because if you verify that that the opportunity is at a good place or it's a good trip, then the next step is you need to price shop it to see if it really is a good deal. And some of these Groupon travel deals are screaming bargains. But it is a, you heard the word I use sometimes. Yeah, right. So that's why you've got to dig deeper into the quality of the trip and then compare the price of the trip, and then you know whether you want to click to purchase the Groupon. Thank you very much. Pay yeah, close I, attention to the restrictions on when you're allowed to travel. Okay. So, because you wouldn't want to buy one, and then you can only use the Groupon at times that would be inconvenient for you or impossible for you to redeem the travel. There's brand new information about last summer's Equifax data breach. It was done in a securities filing by Equifax, still not released directly to the public. The number of people affected by the data breach has gone up another nearly 2 million people as more information has become available. So the crooks have on nearly 147 million of us, they have our name, date of birth, and social security number. They have our addresses on just under 100 million people. They have phone numbers on 20 million of us, and they have driver's license information, including driver's license number, on 18 million of us. The problem is that the Equifax data breach runs so deep and so wide that we are in a position that you have to assume that criminals can take their time and at some point, who knows what that point would be, are able to then use this stuff against us in so many different ways and flavors of identity theft. This means you have to be forever vigilant about your identity. And I have, step by step, the things I'd like you to do to protect your identity. And none of these things are flawless or perfect. But if you will do them in sequential order, 
as I have on Clark.com slash Equifax, it will help you reduce the odds that you're going to be an effective target for one of the data thieves. There's, there is such a danger of somebody getting deep into your business and causing significant havoc to your life that I ask you, please, make the time. On the issue of one of the steps I have, which is putting in place a credit freeze, uh, several million Americans have put in credit freezes, but that still left most Americans exposed and vulnerable to full-blown identity theft. Please protect yourself. It's easy to do, it's cheap, and it gives you peace of mind. Again, clark.com slash Equifax to see how to put protection in place. Glad you're here joining us on the Clark Howard Show where it's about your empowerment so you can keep more of what you make. You can follow me at facebook.com slash Clark Howard. Do you know that there are crimes taking place, murderers, murders, um, attempted murders, violent crimes that are now being solved that in the past would have been solved never or after an enormous amount of detective work, investigative work, or luck. And the reason a lot more crimes are being solved is because of the highly efficient digital cameras combined with artificial intelligence added into the mix electronic license plate or tag readers. And there was a, uh, a vicious murder that took place in the city of Atlanta last year, I think it was, that I read a story about that was solved because of artificial intelligence and cameras that were both private cameras and city cameras that were able to track the perpetrators of the crimes figure out exactly who they were, and track them to where each lived. And a crime that may have gone unsolved forever was solved. Well, there are so many different cameras proliferating. I talked uh, not that long ago about the $20 camera that has been on forever back order. I got mine recently that gives you free storage and the camera is one that is teensy tiny and pointed out a window of your house you can cover the area and these cameras known as the wise cam w-y-z-e are 20 bucks plus shipping and the capabilities of the various cameras so extraordinary that neighborhoods protecting themselves is very much a part of the future. And there's a website that my wife gets alerts from all the time that's very active in our neighborhood called Nextdoor. But Nextdoor is very uh, anecdotal. It's people posting things about what they've seen, descriptions of people. But now Amazon has launched a new effort through something that you don't even have to be an Amazon customer of called The Neighbors, and it's an app available for iPhone and Android, 
and anybody can post video or pictures of an incident happening within their neighborhood. They ring fence you by making sure through a process, the neighbor's app, make sure that you are actually a resident of a neighborhood. And then people support each other by providing information to their fellow neighbors about what's going on. And really, this is just another step from what next door has been with people putting up narratives. This way, you got the actual pictures. Now, people are related to people. I don't know if next door is involved with this or not, but we got a video from one of our neighbors on next door of someone who was doing some very unusual things in the neighborhood. And I guess, well, I'm going to explain this in a family show kind of environment. This person who's very clear on pictures and video is going around our neighborhood, pulling onto people's property in her car, and then getting out and going to the bathroom on people's driveways or lawns. Kim, you you look like you're going to explode. Oh my gosh, I did not think that's where you were going with that. That's bonkers. What did you think I was going to say? Because your eyes, I mean, if, if we could have had, we should have a little digital camera on you because your <laughs> eyes got as big as saucers. Really, really did not expect that. I'm not sure what I expected, but I did not expect that. I mean, just weird, weird things. And the cameras present issues of privacy. There, I mean, there's so many things now with modern technology that present issues with privacy. But as far as being able to give each other in a neighborhood a great advance over, remember the big thing when, well, you may be too young to know this. We went through a period of time in the United States where we had just hideous crime rates. And you may not know this, crime rates in the United States are a tiny fraction of what they used to be. And we even had a special federal agency that was set up, the Law Enforcement Assistance Administration, because the number one issue we were facing as a country was crime. And the biggest thing that the LEAA did was put up uh, lights all over neighborhoods all over the country. And these lights were ultra-bright lights that would light up a street like it was day, but with like an orange glow to them. And that was what they were trying to do is prevent people in the shadows from being able to attack somebody unsuspecting. We're so far beyond that now with the digital cameras and the ability for us to be part of the solution of eliminating crime. And then for Amazon, the neighbors, remember the neighbors app is available to anyone don't have to be an Amazon customer. You don't even have to have your own cameras. You don't have to take your own pictures. You can just know what's going on in your neighborhood. And, of course, what's in it for Amazon is Amazon is losing, I don't know if it's in the billions yet, from the porch pirates, all the packages being stolen. They have a real incentive for people to install as many of these devices as possible. And if it's just somebody stealing packages, well, the digital cameras will pick that up in a neighborhood as people are following the UPS and FedEx trucks 
and stealing stuff, this is a way to deal with that. And again, the ultra cheap camera that is 20 bucks, because every time I bring it up, people ask me about it again. It's the WiseCam version 2, W-Y-Z-E cam.com, and it's 20 bucks plus shipping, gets not fantastic reviews, not five-star, but gets on their own reviews on their own website, solid four out of five. And remember, it's only 20 bucks with free storage. Uh, the best deal out there on surveillance cameras. Lynn is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Lynn. Hi, Clark. Thanks for taking my call. Absolutely. How are you doing? Great. So we're going to talk about TIA again. TIAA.com. Yes. Um, What I was wondering is, I know in the past you've spoken of it as a really good company. I have a 403 account with Tia Kref, and after you said 403B accounts are not great because of the cost, I'm wondering if I should roll it over into a Fidelity IRA. So the Tia 403Bs generally are good plans. And they are an exception compared to almost all 403B plans. Are you a teacher or you work for a nonprofit? I worked for a small college in Massachusetts. I'm retired. So you're at a point now where you can have Tia turn it into basically a pension for you where they could take the money in that 403B and do a process called annuitization And they would send you the equivalent of a pension check every month for the rest of your life, if you wish. Mm -hmm. Or if you don't need the money to live on, then what I would want you to do, and they must disclose this to you, what expenses are you paying on that TIA 403B? Now, normally it will be a very, very extremely low expense rate, maybe even lower than you could do in your own IRA. Okay, well, the administrative costs are covered by my former employer, and uh, the expense ratio on each of the funds varies between 0.34% and 0.44%. Then make no move at all. Keep it in the TIA 403B, and I am so impressed you checked and knew what your expense ratios were. Well, I didn't know, and I called Tia Kreff, and they were very helpful, and they've set up an appointment for me to discuss my overall portfolio with them, and I thought they were really great. So thank you for taking my call. It inspired me to get on top of some of this information. And, Lynn, now that you said that, now it's time for me to make you a little suspicious. When you meet with the Tia advisor, that's Mm -hmm. where the scandals have been emerging where they would then try to convince you to move the money as an example from this 403b into something different individually with tia that might have much higher costs yes so Um, it's fine for you to meet and get advice but before you make any move be very cautious what it is that you're going to be advised of and even Uh, Make the person a little uncomfortable saying that I told you these things. Yes, I already discussed you with the first person I spoke to. And so he said 
he wondered if you were associated with any um, mutual fund company, and I'm pretty sure you're not. <laughs> Definitely not. Oh, that's <laughs> funny. No, Tia is a company that I have long admired, loved, and uh-huh. it it's like I feel like a jilted lover that they have been engaged in some practices allegedly that are not customer focused and so bringing attention to it gives you the right information for you to make sure nobody does any funny stuff with your money great well i feel much better now thank you again sure and And that 403b that you have is so fantastic with such low ratios that's why historically tia is a great operator of 403bs where virtually everybody else is cramming garbage down college professors, teachers, hospital workers, nonprofit workers' throats. The TIA plan you have is about as good as it gets. Danny is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Danny. Hello, Clark. How are you doing today? Great. Thank you, Danny. How can I serve you? I want to talk to you, and I'm hoping you don't per- burst my bubble, but there's something that I love that my credit card company does, and I love it. It's called the virtual account, uh, virtual credit card number. It's a fake number that references my real number. It's online. It's for online and phone credit card purchases, especially when they plan to automatically rebuild me. And I've used it for years. You can set the time and the amount. And it solves the problem of giving your, your credit card number over the phone or, on, or, or online. And I love it. I love call. virtual or one-time use credit card numbers. And okay, it so is a, a thing. It's a fantastic way to eliminate so much of the credit card fraud that takes place. And go ahead and name what bank issues your card or credit union issues your card that they're giving you. Uh, one-time use or virtual numbers? Well, for mine, it's Citibank. I know you don't like Citibank. <laughs> no, no, I, have never, I haven't said that. It's, um, it's Wells Fargo that I've been all oh, about. Okay. Yeah, I heard that too. But so, it's a big bank, and it's, a, but it's the only one of my cards that offer that service, and I use it all the time, and I've used it for years. And I, I was trying to think there has to be a downside, and I'm sure you, oh, would, no. you, you would tell no. me. No, this is... This is great. The downside, and I'm trying to remember who was ahead of themselves on this, may have been American Express did this before anybody else, and they couldn't really get their cardholders' interest in it. But it is a great, great way to shut down the identity thieves, and there's enormous advantage to it for the online sellers because it means that they are much less likely to be hit with credit card fraud by having the one-time use or virtual card numbers. So keep on doing it. And I'm glad you brought this up because we haven't talked about one-time use or virtual numbers in, I feel like it's been years. And it's a wonderful idea if your credit card issuer offers it. Thank you very much for mentioning it, Danny. Scott is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Scott. How you doing? Good. How are you? Great. Thank you. Scott, you got a question for me about something that's been very much part of the ongoing conversations about us and the Chinese. Right. So, and this is in reference to cell phones. And on your website, you had an article on there about a year ago regarding the best phones to buy for under two hundred and fifty dollars. 
And a couple of them mentioned on there were from ZTE and Huawei, which are, you know, made by Chinese manufacturers. So in light of the Pentagon recently banning on military bases phones made by the Chinese because of security risk, would you still recommend, you know, a regular consumer buying from one of those brands? Well, you'll have to make your own decision in terms of where you feel about it politically or as an American. But as far as security danger to you using uh, Huawei or ZTE, I'm, I'm not aware of anything in particular. The big issue with these two companies is they are huge players in the relaying of calls and data, towers, everything involved with how the infrastructure works for the movement of data across cellular networks around the world. The fact that ZTE and Huawei are both cell phone manufacturers also, I am not aware other than rumors that the Chinese military or the communist government could spy on us individually through our individual phone units. I've not seen that other than hearing that said. I've not seen anything that says that there's any such thing actually going on. So as, a, as someone, if you don't work for the military, you don't work in a sensitive government position, I don't see any reason why you should turn your back on what are some very good phones. Do you know one of the things Huawei has done? What's that? Since all this came up, Huawei is putting its big push in the United States using a completely different brand name called Honor, H-O-N-O-R. And they okay. just introduced a very critically acclaimed phone called the Honor 7X that is a $200 phone with a 6-inch screen and extremely good specs, not the kind you'd find in the very top Samsungs or the iPhone 10 or X, whatever you want to call it, but very, very good specs at $199. And that's why people buy the Huawei and ZTE phones because you get so much bang for the buck. And for me, not being in any sensitive position that the Chinese would be interested in, I have no problem using either. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast of our show, I'd love it if you'd subscribe. Whatever your favorite podcast app is, we're pretty much there. And whether you love what you hear from me or hate it, take time to write a review. It's how we all learn from each other is from those reviews.